everyone, and welcome to episode 331 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, starting with the owner of MTG Goldfish from uh, from the wilderness. How's it going today, Richard? Hey, Seth. Doing well. Apologies for jank audio. I'm literally... In Gaia's cradle, recording this. I'm at Sequoia <laughs> National Park and ready to talk about Jund Horizons 2 today. It's a. Uh, it'll be, it'll they, be, it'll be good. Do they have Wi Fi there? Is there Wi Fi in the woods? <laughs> there, there is Wi Fi. Oh. I'm actually outside. I had to get outside of the woods to get the Wi Fi. But oh, uh, oh, it, it's okay. a it's a nice 106 degrees today where I'm where I'm at. Uh, apparently, it's really Ooh. hot in this section miserable. of California. <laughs> That's so miserable. <laughs> Uh, well, you hear chiming in our other co-host, Grim. How are you today, Grim? Morning, Seth. I'm not in the wilds. <laughs> I'm in my house. So, uh, pretty good. Good morning to you and everyone. Oh, uh, good morning. Good morning. So, uh, our topic today, of course, Modern Horizons 2. We're going to dedicate our entire podcast, minus uh, maybe a bit of fish mailing at the end, to going over new Modern Horizons 2 cards. There are... About an infinite number of really sweet cards in the set. We're going to try to talk about as many of our favorites and the most interesting as possible. Uh, so that's the plan for today. But before we get into that, a reminder that we have a sponsor today. And our sponsor is Card Conduit. And you may have heard about them before from us. They're a great way to sell your magic collection. And they are offering a new service geared towards smaller batches of valuable cards with reduced service fees. With their curated shipment service, you can sell your cards for the best available buy list price with only a 5% service fee. And as with all of Card Conduit services, you don't need to sort your cards. You don't need to grade your cards. You can just safely pack them up and and ship them out and of course you'll get a detailed report with the results and you can check out card conduits curated shipment option as a way to buy list up to 150 cards with fast processing optimized prices and a low service fee of just five percent and you can even get a 10 percent discount by going to cardconduit.com goldfish card conduit they are the easiest way to sell your magic cards so thank you to card conduit for supporting the show and let's talk some modern horizons too so so, uh, Richard, why don't you guide us through some of these sweet new magic cards? All right. We have about a billion new cards that all look modern playable. And so you can check them out on mtgpreviews.com. And uh, we're going to go and do our best to cover as many cards as possible today. So we're going to start off with the uh, free spell evoke cycle. So we've already had grief, which is uh, basically a discard spell. Uh, this week we have Solitude, Subtlety, and Endurance. Solitude is Swords to Plowshares for white. Subtlety is um, bounce to the top or bottom of library a creature or planeswalker spell. Uh, that's the blue one. And then the last one is Endurance. It's the green one. And that one is... Uh, the Graveyard Hate one. This is when it enters the battlefield, one target player puts all cards from their graveyard on the bottom of the library in a random order. And uh, Endurance is a three... Oh, I forgot the, the, the creature part. Endurance is a three-mana, three-four. Uh, Solitude is a five-mana, three-two flash lifelink. Subtlety is a four-mana, three-three flying flash. Endurance also <laughs> flash uh, flash and reach on the green one. Yeah, this this cycle is it is absolutely absurd. Like all of these seem incredibly playable uh, across formats. I think modern legacy, they're just all 
really powerful cards. If there's one thing we know about magic, it's free spells are good, and these are really powerful free spells. They also get around uh, force negation and stuff like that, so this is this is pretty major. I hate these cards. I, I hate like really? the, the the lack of interaction, right? Let's say you're a graveyard deck. You like can never go off now, right? Unless you have an explicit counter for endurance. Like you can't wait for your opponent to tap out. You can't like you can't do any of this, right? You just go for it, which I really hate. I really hate free swords. Uh free swords just lets you kill anything for free. Uh Death Shadow is done though, right? You swords a death shadow now. Uh, good luck. So I think that deck is done. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just don't like these free spells. Seth, Krim, help me. Uh, <laughs> Convince me free but, spells are good for modern. <laughs> uh, okay, maybe, maybe I, I don't know. Right now, they don't seem that bad for modern because I feel like modern and the cards that we've seen printed into this set feels all... We joked about it before, but like Legacy Light, and now I'm starting to really think that's true. Um, and, and we're, we're seeing that with cards like this. So free spells isn't that bad to me. Uh, and it actually really changes up the game like you had mentioned. So now you're going to just like, like you can't do anything about endurance, right? That's going to just happen whenever. And the best part is that you can target yourself too. If you need to save your graveyard. I feel like, I feel like there's a much higher cost here than maybe, maybe we're considering. Like the way I see these cards is... I don't think you cast them as free spells unless you're pretty desperate or maybe with grief unless you have a combo with like ephemerate or something. But in general, like if there's one thing I've learned from playing Legacy, it's you really don't want to cast Force of Will unless you yep. really have to. It's not something because like, you're going down a card and that's pretty painful. So I don't think Solitude, like could you imagine your opponent going like turn one Goblin Guide and you're like, ha ha, Solitude, exile <laughs> a card from my hand. I'm not taking in that too like i feel like they're a little a little safer than maybe they look just because there is a real cost to them and i like that in general they seem targeted at unfair decks like endurance is hitting on you know like dredge style decks or all the new reanimation stuff we're getting in the set solitude when i will be happy to two for one myself is when my opponent's about to like heliad walking ballista combo me or like vizier remedies devoted druid combo me and those scenarios sure i'm down a card but i'm not literally dead uh, so i feel like they're mostly safety valve style cards if that makes sense I, I just i don't see myself really playing them for value i seem to see them to like break up combos break up degenerate graveyard stuff so i think they're really powerful but i don't know do they are they really gonna like change modern and invalidate a ton of decks i i'm not i don't think so i'm not to that point yet but i guess we'll see when we play them I have to hard disagree seth it's like say phyrexian mana costs life and like yes it costs life in 2021 <laughs> Does anyone run out of gas? <laughs> like, we just play forever, right? And it's a game of tempo, which this is, like, an insane play. Can you imagine I play three fairy with a solitude up? Good luck, right? Then I just chain it into a Jace, into a big Teferi. You don't run out of cards, right? So this lets you, uh, you know, this lets fair decks, like, just get to the late game. And then this stops combo decks, right? Like you said, if it's a combo deck, <laughs> you're 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 free to two for one yourself because the combo deck probably fell apart afterwards. So I actually think this these will be format defining, and I, and I do think there are some dead strategies like Death Shadow. Like I just can't imagine anyone playing Death Shadow with Solitude around, right? Like, oh. but I mean, I mean, isn't, isn't that 
like you're kind of helping them in a way too, though. I mean, not not with the whole life gaining part and, and losing the creature, but <laughs> what? Uh, destroying their entire uh, deck with a single free spell? How are you helping them? <laughs> well, because you're also, like, able to blow up their hand, right? And these cards get much worse when your hand's getting ripped apart and, heaven forbid, you mulligan. Yeah, and people mulligan we got a lot in the world of we, Everything has card advantage on it nowadays, though, right? But what, de- what Planeswalkers does Death Shadow play? Like Liliana? No, 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 wait, wait you say yeah, Liliana would play, play anyway. Solitude or against Solitude? No, uh, I mean, that's like the, that's the Planeswalker that Death Shadow would play. So, like, I don't know, I just, I feel like these, these cards are very good. I'm not saying they're bad, uh, but, like, I just don't think they're going to break Modern. I'll just leave it this. When I play Modern, with- I don't run out of cards. I run out of time and life, usually, right? Like, the opponent combos off first before I get to deploy any of the numerous cards in my hand, and all of these cards fix that in the sense that you play with them for free, right? You're willing to go down cards to get some tempo or to get another spell off, to double spell, etc., etc. So I'm really scared of these cards. What one do you think's best? If you, out of, We are still missing the red one we haven't seen yet, but uh, out of the four that we've seen, which one do you think is the most powerful of the cycle? Oh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with... Okay, so if we're talking about like... <laughs> I think I like Endurance just because of its cost. It's literally just a good enough creature for three mana, three, four flash reach. But but obviously grief is powerful. I think it's like that and grief. I think they're all good. Yeah. I think grief has the potential to be really broken. Um, endurance can be cocoed in. It can just be played as a three mana, three, four without the actual extra yeah. evoke text. I think swords and the free essence scatter is really good. Uh, but you know those are known quantities. I feel grief. You can like really get someone right? and do really degenerate things with it if if you want. So I, I feel that would be probably the strongest oh. one. And aren't aren't you happy though, Richard? Because I mean, you said it yourself. Fair decks can get like can like actually get to the late game now. I mean, they they've always they've been able to, but now it's like you can actually play a fair deck and not feel absolutely terrible about some of the broken matchups. But the only fair deck that exists is a Jace. To fairy deck <laughs> that's the problem right like those those decks can make it now but that's there's only one fair deck and that's that deck i feel isn't i mean i mean you know the jund believers the junders mm, maybe but we, we're gonna need some some spoilers to pop off here for jund <laughs> you, you think jund oh. doesn't play grief oh well, we're gonna try we're gonna try i yeah this this spoiler season actually made me feel really bad for Jund because there's a lot of cards that seem designed to power up Jund. And normally when a, when a deck gets a bunch of cards from a Modern Horizon set, that's Wizard saying like, oh, this poor deck is so bad. Like we need to power up Merfolk or Enchantress. Let's make Enchantress better. I think Jund is at that tier in Wizard's eyes now. They're like, we got to give Jund like 20 new cards and maybe this deck will actually be functional again. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like getting all those new cards is actually a bad sign for John because it means Wizards does not think <laughs> no. very highly of it. Have you not been listening to anything I've been saying for the last couple of years? <laughs> John is a meme deck guy. I, I, I'd play Dowsing Dagger in Modern if I could. John <laughs> is a meme deck at this point, but maybe not after Modern Rises too, because Wizards did throw John a lot of bones, but like chance encounter. <laughs> <laughs> We're not here to only talk about John, okay? We have a Grixis Planeswalker. Gaedro Dihada. That's how I'm going to pronounce this. I have no idea if that's right. One blue, black, red, four starting loyalty, protection from permanence with corruption counters on them. 
plus one, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Put a corruption counter on up to one other target creature or planeswalker. Minus three, gain control of target creature or planeswalker until end of turn. Untap it, put a corruption counter on it. It gains haste until end of turn. Minus seven, gain control of each permanent with a corruption counter on it. No, oh, my Grixis queen. <laughs> this card is absolutely terrible in modern, but I love it <laughs> in, in commander. So, <laughs> or, okay. It's not like the worst thing I've ever seen played in modern, but I am going to say for four mana, <laughs> I should just get to that. That minus three should just be give me that thing with a corruption counter permanently because it is cool that I'm able to like steal a planeswalker. Uh, you can. If you somehow are able to get a Karn to stay around, you can steal it, exile itself if you need to. Uh, but, but yeah, like, I, I think this card is, is, is a fun card and, but just completely terrible in modern. Uh, I would agree with that. I like the design of the card a lot. I think it's a, it's a cool, very Grixis-y steal your stuff. As soon as I saw it, it made me think of you, honestly, Crib. It's all the, like, <laughs> steal your stuff and, like, just Grixis shenanigans. But I also agree that, I just cannot see this card seeing playing in modern. It just doesn't do enough. And it's maybe if it was two mana, like red and six, <laughs> like two Grixis hybrid mana, but at four mana, it just seems a little slow and lacking in impact. Like four mana is where you're playing like Jace the Mind Sculptor yeah. cards like that. And this is not really on that level, I don't think. If this were just literally Grixis, I would then think it's still not that great. Like just like blue, black, red, it would just be okay. Because, I mean, the problematic permanence that you want to steal, like like I said earlier, is a card like maybe Karn, right? But that means they resolved a Karn, and you're probably not happy anyways. So, because, like, the thing that you want to steal, usually you can't let resolve. A primeval titan or something like that, you know what I mean? That's all bad. I feel like it. the corruption counters should have more protection. Like, maybe you and the Planeswalker have protection, or maybe, like, all your stuff has protection from them. But just protecting Gaedrone, like, isn't that exciting? Like, sure, you, like, protect your Planeswalker, but you're still getting beaten down by your opponent's whatever. So I feel like maybe that was a knob they could have twisted to make it a little bit more powerful. But it is a it is a cool design, though. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll be playing this in Commander for sure. Is it really this bad? Like, it destroys creature decks, and that's it. And we're just saying creature decks Wait, are not a thing in Modern, unless they're combo creature decks, in which case this does nothing, or they're go-wide. How's it destroy a creature? Wait, yeah. How's it destroy a creature deck, though? No, like, you, you, you go down, you plus it, right? So creatures can't kill your Gaia Drone anymore, and then you just minus to take their creatures, and then, like, you, you have total control of the board if they're just playing creatures, right? I mean, it's kind of just a threaten, though. Like, you're just gaining control of it until end of turn, unless you ultimate. Then I, you I guess that's true. Forever, you need to but... work your way up to ultimate. Yeah. But it, it's, it's, it's like, it like a half Gideon fast. protection that's permanent, right? It doesn't protect you, but it protects the Planeswalker forever. I think it's too yeah. much for a four right, mana. Maybe this That's sucks. the problem. It, it, it's a four <laughs> mana. If this were three mana, then yeah. Let, like, let, let's talk about it being, like, I guess somewhat better. But... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. This this doesn't seem it's, great. It it seems good if your opponent has exactly one <laughs> thing. If they have exactly one thing, this is going to be the house. But if they have two things, then Gandrone gets a little a little weaker. Do Do you think like maybe like if they increase the loyalty or something and it made it alt faster, so then you'd actually respect that ultimate? Then then yeah, like maybe it, if it ulted at like 
like how Nissa does in one turn at five or something. <laughs> and anyway, just, it wouldn't be that good, that, though, because you only get one creature because you only had time to put on one sure. corruption counter. <laughs> but but also, and like on top of that, they should put the corruption counter on a permanent. Ooh, so you can like corrupt lands. Yeah. Or, yeah, like, and, and, and this should have been three mana. <laughs> and then it would be like, I think, actually like playable. But right, right. now it's just going to be a pet card. We, we have a three-mana Planeswalker. Grist, the Hunger Tide. One black, green. Three starting loyalty. As long as Grist isn't on the battlefield, it's a 1-1 one, one insect creature in addition to its other types. Plus one, create a 1-1 one, one black, green insect creature token, then mill a card. If an insect was milled this way, put a loyalty counter on Grist and repeat this process. Minus two, you may sack a creature. When you do, destroy target creature or planeswalker. Minus five, each opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Oh, this card's uh, so good. I I absolutely... So, Gris, okay. It's not that powerful of a planeswalker minus its static ability. Like, plus one, make an insect. That's fine. Sack insect, destroy something. That's fine. Ultimate, eh, not really all that exciting. But the fact that you can green sun zenith, collected company, uh, court of calling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, unearth, reanimate, like all the shenanigans that you can do, because this is technically a creature. That's what makes me excited about this card. I think this is a card that'll show up as a, like a one of tutor target in a lot of different decks that are playing those various creature tutors, not just in modern, but also in legacy. Like, I, I love Nick Fitton Legacy. That's, like, one of my pet archetypes in Legacy. And this seems absolutely perfect as a repeatable sacrifice outlet that also kind of doodles around and lets you sack your Veteran Explorer or your Academy Rector. Uh, I think it's perfect for Yagmas Hospital in Modern, where you get another sack outlet and you get all the tutors. So that's what makes me excited about this card. If it didn't have the insect static ability... It would be a pretty mad planeswalker, but with all the shenanigans that enables, I actually think it's cool, and that also makes it legal as your commander, which is interesting. Wait, so this is yeah, like so like with that static, this is now legal as your commander? Yes. They actually confirmed that. Yeah, people were confused and they asked, and there's an official ruling that yes, it is uh legal as your commander. They should have just made planeswalkers be your commander. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like this the minus two on this card. Is actually very respectable, right? On on its own, like if I were to play this and it didn't have that static, being able to sack your own creature to destroy a target uh, creature or planeswalker in modern usually doesn't. It isn't as much of a downside as you think it is. So I think being able to blow up a planeswalker is big there. And this card, that plus one, also pretty cool. So this is a pretty decent three mana planeswalker. Uh, then you throw on the static ability, and then it makes it better. Uh, otherwise, this is just a three mana planeswalker to me. It's just okay. Yeah, I think it's just average. Uh, Seth, yeah, Seth drinking the Kool Aid. I mean, in decks where you need these effects, then yeah, right. It's a tutorable planeswalker, but the effects just aren't that good for you to just generically put in a deck. And even if you need a sack outlet, this is a lot, right? It's still a four mana green sun zenith to get this thing out. So I don't know. You can if... cocoa into this, right? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can cocoa into this, but then like. You could cocoa into your combo, or you can cocoa into this. Like I don't know, right? Like, is it worth it? Like that cocoa minus two into your combo, whack. <laughs> Check this, this out. That exciting, right? So I don't know. Like maybe if you had a sacrifice deck and you were really lacking sacrifice outlets, you put this in. But eh. Uh, okay. Next I, up, 
Oh, Seth, did you wanna did you wanna defend Gris? No, go go <laughs> go ahead. Go you, ahead. You're gonna show me with results in the in the yeah, like, I, modern five oh you once the set releases. <laughs> uh Douthy Voidwalker, black black, three two, creature Douthy Rogue. It's sh- it has shadow. So remember shadow creatures can block and can o- <laughs> or they can only block and be blocked by creatures with shadow. If a card would be put in an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, exile it with a void counter. Tap, sacrifice, void walker. Choose an exiled card an opponent owns with a void counter on it. You may play it this turn without paying its mana cost. This seems sweet, right? Like, like, like first off, it's cool to see Shadow return. But on top of that, it's a rogue. <laughs> and then I do think... That ability, if a card would be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere instead exile it with a void counter on it, that's a card like of any type. So I really like that. And being able to sacrifice it to pick off a creature, I don't know, if I hit a Karn or something off that, that's going to be super cool. I don't, I just, this the only issue is... insane. Is that this it, insane? Yeah, it's, oh, it's just straight up broken? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's broken because I also don't, like, what, what are you putting this in mill? Let me let me understand here. So I play Dothy Voidwalker. I thought seize your Karn. I get a Karn for free. I just Troned myself, yes. right? Yes, yes. I I, I thought seize your mm-hmm. Emrakul. It exiles <laughs> due to this ability. I get a free Emrakul. Is that what we're saying? Just play around the thoughtsies. Yeah. yeah. Well, like is this exactly. not like Hogak level stupidity? Like I'm, I'm very confused here. I- I mean, another card. I think this card's absolutely busted. Like, it, it, so it's two mana, three two. That's unblockable essentially. So you already have a fast clock. It's a leyline of the void on a body. Leyline of the void is already a card that you really want in modern. Except this is on a body that you can actually put in your main deck. You're not embarrassed by a three two unblockable. And then you get the upside of just randomly winning the game when you thought see something huge or you mill something huge. I think this card has. All kinds of potential from like black aggro decks to rogue style deck, like actually literally rogues to collective company decks. This is a card that why wouldn't you play this? Like the graveyard hates great, the body is fine, and then you have this I just accidentally win the game ability. Like and you loop it with Luris, it's two mana, so it works in Luris decks and you can keep recasting it. Like even if you're getting a, a Tarmogoyf with this, sacrificing <laughs> it, getting a free Tarmogoyf, replaying it with your Luris and doing it again, like that's insane. Like I uh, I feel like this is one of the more broken cards we've seen from the set. Honestly. You had me till Tarmogoy, Seth. I was all on board. I'm going to no cast one, no like, one plays uh, Tarmogoyf. Fights off this thing, not Tarmogoyfs, okay? I, I, I do, however, think that th- this card is very powerful, but I don't know if it's busted. I don't think it's breaking modern. Just imagine but this, Krim. I, 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 I play a dot. I, I turn one thought sees you. Okay, make sure I get that spell snare or mana leak or counter spell out of your hand. I turn to Dothy Voidwalker. I turn three thought sees you again, taking your Jace. The game is over, right? I mean, uh, you're assuming that I've all, like you're playing against a control deck that's just going to be like sitting there and smiling at you and like not doing anything. <laughs> I, I got the right? turn like, one thought sees. I got the turn one grief. Which this I, I could pitch this to grief if I wanted I, to. Like I could get a I could get a two drop resolved. That's not terribly difficult. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's the issue of getting it to resolve. It's just that I, I, I there's a lot that goes on in modern where you can interact with this card. Uh, it's 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 a very powerful card. Once again, it's just I don't think it's gonna break modern in half. I do think that it's absolutely wild that it has that, that like leyline of the void clause attached to it that you yep. can main deck. 
That's that's yeah. the thing that I think is the most powerful. But the the activation half of it is like okay, not bad. I think that's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. If but broken, no. I think it's a solid card with the ability to randomly win the game, which makes it broken. And that ability to randomly win the game is not that hard to trigger, I think. So I think this is actually, you, you gotta kill this thing, right? Like, if you're, if you're playing a deck with good cards, you gotta kill this, right? You can't afford right. losing your Karn or something, right? Like, you can't afford to give that over, right? If you're playing, like, Burn, then like, yeah, whatever, who cares about this, right? But if you, if you have a Bomb or a Haymaker in your deck, this thing has to go immediately. I mean, like, you don't have to kill it right away, though, right? Because I can just sit and wait until you actually make me discard something. Like, obviously, I would respond to what you're trying to make me discard with. But, yeah, yeah like, I, I think it's very it's very good. It's just, once again, you still need to – there's an additional step. It's just not like, aha, play this and it's over. So th- there's, there's a little bit more you have to do. I, I kind of view that last ability like a Planeswalker ultimate or something. Like, if you delete that text from the card, a 3-2 that's unblockable and is a ley line of the void, like, that's already a powerful card. So I kind of view that win the game ability is upside for the most part. And I think, like, the floor is so high because of the ley line of the void on a body uh, part of it that it's going to be really powerful. Even if you don't, uh, you know, or very infrequently get the Karn or the Emrakul to win the game, I think it's still going to be super, super powerful. But Richard, is it is it Jundable? Is this going to show up in Jund? And is it better than Bob? I think this is better I than Bob. So. Okay, so I think, <laughs> I think, I think we better. definitely throw it into Jund somewhere and try it. Where? What do we cut for it? You could play it with Bob. You could cut Bob for it. I'm not sure yet because there are other cards we're going to talk about which I think also deserve a slot in Jund basically we're rebuilding Jund with Modern Horizons 2 limited deck um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's, I think it's strong I, I, I think the ability to just take like take you're playing a 2 drop and you can upgrade it into a 3 a 4 a 5 or a 6 or a 7 drop I think that's extremely strong so I think we're going to try it somewhere and I think it'll be good. The shadow is really relevant. Like, your Sakura Tribelder can't block my creatures, right? I can just get through. So, I, I actually think it's really strong, and we will definitely try it in Jund. Uh, you're forgetting Mill, which is actually a, a deck, I think, that gets a decent amount of play in Modern, right? Yep. Uh, so, next up, we have a Ragavan Nimble Pilferer. A single red mana, so it's a one-drop, it's a 2-1 legendary creature, Monkey Pirate, when it deals combat damage to a player, create a treasure token, exile the top card of that player's library. Until end of turn, you may cast that card. Uh, it has a dash ability, one in a red. Uh, that means you can just play it. It has haste, and at the end of turn, it returns. Th- or the end of turn, it ends. Uh, it goes back to your hand. So, and then you also have to use the right colored mana, but you have a treasure token to help you with that to, for casting that spell. I, I think this is just an amazing red one drop, right? Like this this is so much more than any red one drop before it, except for that I guess it doesn't have haste. Like but Dash gives it that. So yeah, th- this is an absolutely wild card. I think this is much more on the what is going on here. Like I, I have to I have to kill that probably faster than the dot the void walker. I think Ragavan's good, although I I think that it is not necessarily better than the three big red one drops we have. I think it really depends on the deck. Like right now, kind of the the trinity of one drops, you got Goblin Guide, you got Monastery Swift Spear, you got Soul Scar Mage, uh, probably the newest member of uh, the trinity. And I feel like if you're playing Burner Prowess, 
I think those cards are just better. I don't think you replace a Swift Spear or Soul Scarbage. On the other hand, if you're playing something that's more zoo style, a aggro-y, mid-rangey creature style deck, like Jund maybe, that's where I think Ragavan's really gonna shine. So I, I think it's good, but do you think this actually shows up in like Prowess or Burn or some of the traditional one-drop red aggro decks? I'm not actually sure that it does. I could see this going over maybe like a goblin guide, but I don't see it replacing uh Swift Spear or uh Soul Scar. And Goblin what Guide gives haste. Goblin Guide gives haste. This gives you a treasure if you hit. Uh it costs more, it's legendary. That's a big downside if you draw multiple of them. That's so true. I think that's true. I think Seth is right. Like I, I don't know that like say red burn decks would play this, but I do think this is the savior of Jund. Like this this is the card that will put Jund back on the map if that concept even exists in 2021. Like, a one mana 2-1 dies to run in 6, unfortunately, but it creates a treasure, so it ramps you. It enables turn 2 lilies. If you bounce it with Teferi, I dash it in, right? It's basically Strangle Root Geist with, like, real abilities. So, <laughs> you know how I feel about Strangle Root Geist, right? But this is actually castable, right? It's red and a 1. Uh, it it could draw you a card. It ramps you. This is just Shangaru guys, way better. So I think this is the savior of Jun. I think you know when I brew Jun, this is starting in the list with Modern Horizons too. So I I believe this monkey pirate has what it takes. What it takes to save Tarmogoyf. <laughs> to bail Tarmogoyf out. <laughs> I also really like it in like Domain Zoo. That's another archetype that's gotten a lot of support with like the new Draco, the two drop Kavu. That's a five five if you have all the basic land types. So I could imagine it showing up there too. Like the treasure is very explosive. Like if you play this and get in the hit with it and ramp into a three drop, that is a really scary start, especially if you're playing an aggro deck. Can you imagine like play this on turn one, hit on turn two, and follow up with like Wild Nakato plus Draco or whatever? Like, how do you beat that? That is a ridiculous aggro start i mean yeah like that that is if all like i i am very curious how that domain zoo deck is gonna like play right and you have whatever the uh the two mana burn spell too yes uh tribal flames yes tribal flames right so like i mean if there's a payoff where you can combine all of that like in like this domain zoo deck uh then i i think that's pretty cool Domain Best Zoo sounds ever. way too slow in 2021. You're going to have to show me so <laughs> You're just like playing like Tarmogoyf creatures. It's not good enough. <laughs> we, we need to end the game even faster. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I mean, right. I can also see that. Next up, Esper Sentinel. Uh, a single white mana. So one drop. It's a 1-1 one, one artifact creature human soldier. Whenever an opponent casts their first non-creature spell each turn, draw a card unless that player pays X, where X is Esper Sentinel's power. I mean, th this seems amazing across like all the like so many formats here that it, you can play it in. Uh, modern, you know, this is a real, real card for humans, right? Like I know that every set there's like this, you know, like there there are good humans, but this one gives the deck uh, card draw, which it definitely could have used, right? And when you get Lord effects and stuff like that, the, the tax is going to start being overbearing and like overwhelming, and it already will be at one mana. So I, I think this is powerful there. This gets uh, this is amazing in commander. Uh, this yeah, this card awesome. Uh, yeah, best best white commander card ever. Maybe like I think this is like smothering tithe level 
ought to include in White Decks and Commander. It's like the white mystic remora, essentially. Like, yes, it's a creature. Yes, that means it's going to die sometimes. But white is just so hard up to draw cards that this card is going to be insane there. And I do think it has some modern potential as well. Humans also, we've seen a lot of support for maybe an artifact deck, some sort of modular deck, Arcbound Ravager deck making a comeback. So it could show up there as well, where it seems like a reasonable one drop in a deck like that. So I, I think this card's super strong in multiple formats. Did it need to be a human is my question. It seems like <laughs> Wizards has decided humans needs a big power boost this set. And they just made Esper Sentinel an artifact creature human soldier. But this card is like insane. You can't give humans card like that. That deck was so good. Without card advantage. Now imagine if they you just pile on the card advantage, which Esper Sentinel gives you. It's it's insane. And then especially with like the like Thalia taxing effects, like you won't be able to pay for these things, right? So yeah, uh, this looks this makes humans like really scary in my in my eyes. And we'll we'll see where that takes the human archetype. I I think the human question is like, what are you cutting for it? I guess Militia Bugler probably would be my my first cut if you're a build that's playing that which some builds play a copy or two some builds don't but other than that that's that's where it gets a little bit complicated it's like what am i taking out there's just not a ton of flex slots and i don't know if this you're not going to take out like champion of the parish noble hierarch meddling mage like those are and then the payoffs like thalia's tenant thalia so that's my question is like where do you find room for this but uh but yeah i mean it is certainly very strong I don't know if it's like going to replace like it's going to be like a full play set in the main deck. I, I see this as a split between the main deck and the sideboard, like maybe like two in the main and then like one or two more out of the sideboard for the control matchup. Yeah. Yari on humans. <laughs> That's, you uh, joke, but I actually my room somehow <laughs> about Yari on when I saw half of these cards were like they, they look similar to existing <laughs> modern cards. But how would you slot them into your deck? And you're like, well, Yari on <laughs> this is how you do it. <laughs> That's a lot of humans. <laughs> That's a lot of humans. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have a new sword. Sword of Hearth and Home. Three mana. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection from green and white. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, exile up to one target creature you own. Then search your library for a basic land card. Put both cards onto the battlefield under your control. Then shuffle. Equip two. They they actually printed a good sword finally. They finally I after Modern Horizons one, I thought they were just never gonna print a good sword again. This is an actually legitimately good sword. I think in modern and fringe, maybe. If there's some sort of like Soul Herder Stoneforge hybrid, I think it's kinda cute. I, I think it's cute that you can stoneforge it and then blink the stoneforge and tutor up a better equipment, which probably isn't a legitimate plan, but where I think this shines is in Commander. I would not be the least bit surprised if this ends up the most played sword in Commander. I think this is gonna be one of Wait. the one of the what? five most played equipment <laughs> in the entire form. I am so on the other side. It's sort of the Animus. Of it's sort of the I'm Animus so plus, plus, I actually plus, think this, plus. This card is trash. You think it's a top five equipment? I, yeah. I mean, sort of the Animus is, is a top five equipment. And this is sort of the Animus with double protection. It pumps your creature and it has blink synergies. And the only cost is you pay one extra mana up front. I, I, I think, yeah. Like So I, I would rather play this in modern than I would in commander. And uh, is and, Animus and, like, top five? It is top five equipment. Hmm. 
I, I don't like this. I don't know. I don't like the, the color protections that it, it offers. I mean, I guess it's planning ahead for when green eventually just actually just has hard <laughs> removal. But the thing here is <laughs> like right now, this ability to just blink does it, it seems OK. Like I, I don't hate it, but it's just is this sword just not like it doesn't untap my mana. It doesn't seem great in a multiplayer game. Obviously, like if I'm able to like blink my Avenger of Zendikar. All right, like that that's that's the situation where I mean very happy about in commander. Otherwise, I don't know, this doesn't seem that good to me. Yeah, it I'm, I'm kind of colorless ram here. Like so the Seth's point about everyone playing Sword of the Animus kind of changes my opinion slightly because it is just one more mana for Sword of the Animus, but I don't think Sword of the Animus is that good and I don't think people should be playing it as like a top 5 equipment. <laughs> uh, I wonder if price has to do with this because the old swords are just crazy expensive like i'd rather play a feast and famine and fire and ice all the time above an animist and like animus is not it's too slow it doesn't really ramp you it, like it it's like a ramp for like you know seven mana or eight mana right uh you know when you want to get the seventh or eighth mana so it's really slow i don't like it i feel this is like exceptionally good in blink decks or decks that are super yeah. desperate for ramp but as a general sword like fire and ice and feast and famine go in before this thing goes in, right? I, I and I would even play the protection from red and black one because I feel like when I'm playing a sword in commander, I'm playing it for the color protection. The protection from red and black one's so bad. I think both modern horizons, uh, the original modern horizon swords, are like maybe you know what we got to do for a commander clash podcast is uh, tier ranking the swords. That would be interesting because <laughs> I think those are like low, low, low tier. Uh, I I don't know. Maybe sort of the animist is overrated. The price argument is a good one. It is like a ten fifteen dollar card rather than a fifty dollar card or whatever it is to get the swords. And it was cheaper in the not super distant past. It's one of those cards that just keeps going up and up in price. So maybe prices by sort of the animus is up there, but I don't know. I feel like if you're playing sort of the animist and you're not playing it because of price, why wouldn't you play this instead? Oh I, I like agree one extra with that. mana. I agree with that. Like, I, I mean it, one extra mana means your ramp is like one turn late, right? Like why why oh, why play Farsi when you can play Cultivate? Why play Cultivate when you can play <laughs> Explosive Vegetation? Like one turn means a lot when you're trying to ramp, right? <laughs> I, I do think yeah. this 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 would be a. I'm with Seth in that I would choose this over Sword of the Animus. Sure. Also, that that's a May blink. Right? I don't have to blink because that feels like it'd be miserable if I have to do. That. <laughs> uh, the, the funny thing is, like you have to if you had to blink, you would blink your sword off your creature and have to replay. Yeah, exactly. That equipping. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that, that would optional. feel real it's bad. Optional. You don't have okay. to do it. Uh, okay. Next up, we have uh, another human. We have General Ferris Rockerick. One red and a white. It's a legendary creature, human soldier at 3-1, hexproof from monocolored. Whenever you cast a multicolored spell, create a 4-4 red and white golem artifact creature token. This card seems very good because of the protection from multi or monocolor. Doesn't die to bolt, path, push, uh, you know, whatever, the new free spell swords. Like there's there's a lot that this gets around because it's protection from monocolor. And I think that's that's pretty major. Now, like if we'll see how 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 much like a a super like young pyromancer does or whatever a hero precinct one, uh, I'm excited to see how that plays out. Yeah, I don't know why people aren't talking about this card more. This is a card that 
reads really powerfully to me. Like, sure, you do have to build around it. You need a bunch of a multicolor effects, but we have tons of good multicolor cards. Like, there's plenty of multicolor cards to make a deck around it and be playing all really powerful cards. And as Krim mentioned, this thing's really miserable to kill. Like, it's got one toughness, but it dodges almost all the playable removal in the format outside of, I guess, Renin 6 is what really punishes this. But, uh, sure. But yeah, it seems... It, like it sticks out and you cast a couple of spells and you're getting four fours. Here a precinct one makes a one one. You cast a couple of spells with this and you're gonna have eight power worth of golems or something. It's a really fast clock. So I actually think this card has a lot of potential. This is one also that maybe could just go into humans in some number. If you look at humans, a big chunk of their stuff is multicolored, uh, and you probably could skew even more that direction if you wanted to. So that could be a possibility there as well. Or you just build like multicolor whatever aggro and have this be the centerpiece. I was say like because I don't know about humans only because you do play the monocolor ones, and on top of that, you are also relying on like vials and stuff like that, which isn't casting it. So, but. But I, I would I would play this like in yeah, a multicolor aggro or tempo deck. I was thinking about like Jeskai, uh, you know, where you have spell quellers, you have all this other stuff to go with it. So I think this card is very good in that style of deck. Uh, but is it possible that this might still just be a little bit too fair? How can this be too fair? It does so much. Like I when I saw this card, I thought humans, even though it has downsides, like Krim said, you can't use it with Vile. But just like general Ferris into a mantis rider is like incredible amount of pressure and this thing is really hard to but remove it it needs planeswalkers basically right i mean yeah like i mean this could go into like a niv to light deck or something like that but like otherwise this this seems like if you're adding another three drop into humans that's a lot yeah but you only need the the ability to go off once right like you're playing like fair creature deck. like you don't need it to like you don't need to make like four tokens right? like one token is enough to like push it over the edge so I think it's actually a really interesting card. And then you can also just build like Esper hero type decks. So I actually think this card is actually really strong. And it makes me really sad that we're still saying it's too fair. Like you're just getting free 4-4s four out of nowhere. And we're saying that's not good enough. Like what if I spent two mana for my 4-4? Four four? <laughs> right? Like this is... I, if this were two mana, I think this would be very good. I, like, <laughs> oh, it, this, would be, oh, it would be broken. Is, it, would, yeah. it would be too good, I think, at two mana. I would lean towards. But the thing is, yeah. like, I feel like modern's getting fairer. Like looking at Modern Horizons 2 and the free spells and all the cards in the set, there's not much that jumps out as like, okay, this is gonna be a broken combo piece. Maybe, maybe like some of the tutors, but otherwise, it seems like the set mostly is gonna power up fairer style decks. So maybe I don't know. Maybe we're focusing too much on the unfair aspects when those decks are theoretically going to get punished the most by some of the free evoke spells and whatnot. Maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. All right. Next up, uh, we talk about fair cards. We have shardless agent uh, being put into modern. One blue and a green. Two two. Human rogue. Cascade. The dream is. Is is, is, are, this, are, 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 is is Charlotte's agent too fair for modern now? <laughs> is this not just now actually legacy light though? Like the, it is. It seems that Magic has just decided that modern is going to be legacy, right? Except without the duels. With I mean that because I think I think legacy when I think Charlotte's agent because Charlotte's bug and stuff like that. So I. 
I think Legacy 2, although without Brainstorm, yeah, it does lose a bit of its legacy appeal because that was like the trick, like brainstorm back your ancestral visions and get them or whatever. But so without Brainstorm, it's a little bit just fairer, I guess. Although I still think it's it's the best three mana cascade spell. So it's an immediate upgrade for anyone who is playing three mana cast like Living End or whatever. Like it seems like an immediate upgrade there. And I don't know. I think you can play this fairly like turn one ignoble hierarch or whatever into this and hit your goy for whatever that's that's some I mean, pressure you might get there there's a, there's a, a shot well you're you go, you go fairway <laughs> i'm like the fairway is uh use solitude and whatever like two for one yourself into oblivion control your opponent charlotte's agent cascade ancestral vision lock up the game right <laughs> that's the fairway <laughs> i i i yeah. think this card is pretty good so I and I th- maybe now you teamers you can cascade from blood braid <laughs> and this doesn't actually oh. do. I mean we want to be legacy here's, and here we are all the good fair cards are blue so <laughs> Here's 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 the question though like what about Uro? Like they got the same mana cost is are can I'm it playing. compete? I'm or are you Uro. just going to play Uro over Uro. Shardless Agent? I'm playing Uro 100%. Play Uro's Uro. way better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, you can Maybe play both, Charles right? This is the, this is the key here. You can play both if you want it. <laughs> yeah, that's that is true. Being able to shardless agent and like cascade into something like him to Torak probably is a lot more powerful than like what modern can do. I still think it's probably going to be played though. I, I think I, I don't think it's broken or anything, but it, it yeah. seems like it does enough, and it is a card I really like. So this is a card I'm actually kind of excited about having in modern, but. I don't know. I'm not really super scared of this card. To me, it seems like a a pretty fun, fair value card that maybe maybe can work with free spells or make Living End a little better or something. Yeah, with, with free spells. What I mean, I don't think we have any like the no spells. mana. Well, like restore oh, oh, balance oh, 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 or yeah, yeah, no yeah, mana yeah. cost free free spells. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this card is uh is cute. Like maybe it gets played in modern, but I think it's. Not good enough Salt in like tie bug. a generic shell. It, it, you have to build around it and do something. You can't just jam it in and say, yes, I'm playing with legacy cards. You could you could poop out some rhinos or even uh, AV. Yes. Yeah. And the, then die uh, to... The downside is you want mana dorks. <laughs> <laughs> but that you can value, do anything you want, though. Modern crib, but they just subsequently <laughs> <still> die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, we have Ignoble Hierarch, a single green. It's a one-drop. It's a Goblin Shaman. It's a zero-one, exalted, tap to add black, red, or green. So a Jund Noble Hierarch. I think this is a cool card. We know what it does. Noble Hierarch, it sees play. It does the same thing. My big question is... Is this really the Jun Noble Hierarch, Richard, in the sense that it's going to show up in Jun decks? Or is this just another Noble Hierarch for random whatever decks? Nah, this is a great card if you're not playing Jun, right? Like maybe you're playing like green, black, <laughs> infect. You're playing Collected Company or something. This is an awesome card. But Jun has had Birds of Paradise since forever, right? No one plays Birds of Paradise. Like turn to Liliana is not worth the Birds of Paradise. So people see this, they see Deathrite Shaman. It is not Deathrite Shaman. Uh, It is a Birds of Paradise. No one plays Birds of Paradise. I don't know that you care to give Goyf one more power. Uh, Yes, it works in Jun Mirrors, but then this gets picked off by Ren and Six in Jun Mirrors, so net neutral. So I don't know. I think this card is actually 
uh, a trap. I think we've seen much better Jun cards in Modern Horizons 2. And I think this will power up random green decks, but not Jund. Uh, okay, next up, we have a sweet, very efficient removal spells. We have Suspend. It's an instant at a single blue. Exile target creature and put two time counters on it. If it doesn't have Suspend, it gains Suspend. Single <laughs> blue mean, removal. You know I love this card here. This card is sick. And on top of that, you are suspending the card. You know, one of my favorite Planeswalkers. It's three mana. Uh, it's pretty good in Magic the Gathering. Uh, it's called Teferi Time Raveler. And uh, I'm I'm really excited to, to suspend people with a Teferi out. <laughs> like, like this, this is a very cool removal spell. Is it a four of, though? I don't know if I would play four of these. I would play two of these. Tops. I feel like this card's powerful, but I also feel like it is somewhat narrow like yeah i feel like you got to be a teferi deck or you got to be like a maybe some sort of tempo deck where you're using this like an unsummon like i'm gonna stop you for a couple turns and kill you but i don't know would you just play this as a in a random deck as a removal spell because it does only get rid of the thing for two turns so it's some, not like well, it's hard hard removal two, two turns is the entire yeah. game in modern seth what are you <laughs> what are you for, talking for about one mana <laughs> for one mana i think that's a deal that's that's quite the deal uh, I mean, and, uh, in a mono bluish deck or or anything like that, this this is perfect, right? I mean, like mono blue didn't even have that much to go with before, anyways, like reality shift or something like that. But but yeah, like I, I think this card is sweet. And then of course, there's commander where I think uh, the the delaying for two turns is also big. I think this card is insane. Yeah. I, I think fair decks. Yeah. Like th- th- this 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 makes me not want to play any fair deck because this means blue is the strongest fair deck, right? Like you suspend something for two turns and then by that time you have a teferi down to stop this altogether or you're in jace territory so it doesn't matter that the creature comes back like you can deal with it at this point unfair decks have one mana removal right you, nice hate bear you got there suspend it away combo off i win the game like two two turns is an eternity in modern so i i feel like this has actually no downside and i feel a lot of decks will play this and i feel unfair decks will happily play this uh, they they will happily remove what, whatever hate piece you have in place, and then go off with it. I I agree with that. I think I think un, like Infect is a good example. That that's the kind of deck that I think can really take advantage of a card like this. And I guess if you got to ferry out, it's really good too. Although I do wonder with control decks, like you got a lot of removal options. Do you need a combo removal piece where you need a planeswalker on the battlefield to have it be removal, or do you just have enough other removal that? You can get by with your past and whatnot, but it is it is a sweet so blue white control. Do you play suspend or do you play path to exile? Uh, you pay you play path one hundred percent. So, why I, so uh, the land, I, the giving them the land is not worth the the giving them a creature in two turns. Yeah, like I mean, when this is just more of it, right? This is like my my attempt at a path. Like I don't know, five and six maybe. What, what, what is what is, is the current path five to six in a blue white deck? Uh, like actually, condemn like That's some something like that. House, well, house, house I think and, sees a bit of play. Winds well, of Abandon sometimes sees a bit of play. That that's why they went Esper, right? Because now you get to play Fatal Push on top of that, or you now that's have all, Fatal Push uh, and Path. I feel like the closer you are to Mono Blue, the better this gets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but once you're Esper you to and you have Fatal Push move, right? and you have Path, yeah. then then you're like, eh, whatever. 
Uh, all right. Next up, we have Vindicate coming to modern. That's a single, yeah. generic white black three CMC. Uh, destroy, destroy anything. Destroy target permanent at sorcery. Speed. Is or is Orzov Pox not just absolutely wild? Right, like it, like it just seems like such a fun deck to play. Uh, being able to blow up a land, make a, or anything that you want is is vindicate. I don't know. I don't think vindicate's too strong, but I mean, it does it help push an archetype like that to like a little bit of a higher tier than it was before? It'll be really interesting to see how good it is. I I mean, blowing up land is the big deal. That's the that's the big yeah. upside. I I don't know where it actually lands as far as that's concerned. I could see a pox style deck being a good one. I uh, option for it. I could just see like Mardu Pyromancer style decks. Yeah. It is just a solid removal spell. The only drawback is it is sorcery speed, but the upside of like getting rid of a Tron land or if you're playing other land destruction, just straight up playing the Ponza plan and like mana screwing your opponent out of the game, that is really huge compared to other removal spells. Well, what do you think about like Esper Control Grim? I guess also if yeah. you got Teferi out, you know, that's uh, that's pretty absurd <laughs> teferi allows you to do whatever you want and it's a cool card uh but yeah like, i i think this card is pretty sweet also in esper control the big issue is the whole three mana tap out but with more free spells hitting the format maybe that slightly changes the cost of things uh and and maybe i can afford to play one or two copies of this but what is this replacing right because the versatility of something like gaia's guile i think is still higher than this uh, being able to gain the life, remove the graveyard, you know, I I think that's just the better spell, and it's also instant. Um, but I I see this a lot more in something like Mardu, as you had mentioned, you know, maybe now that Mardu has General Ferris Rokeric or whatever, uh, th- this kind of plays with that too. So yeah. so Watsi was empowering up Jund, but they forgot about Abzan. <laughs> Would Abzan play this card? We could already. I, I forgot Abzan. <laughs> you could theoretically noble hierarch to vindicate on turn two. And to siege Rhino. And to siege Rhino. <laughs> yes. It's bad. Cast Lingering Souls to jump block while you set up your vindicate plan. Um, if you, weren't you just saying Jund is uh, too fair and kind of like bad? <laughs> like, I mean, you can't tell me that that's honestly better than I'm, Jund. I'm just saying, there, there is another black-green deck, <laughs> Abzan, that's been forgotten. <laughs> Jund is the more aggressive yes. version, which can't get anything done. So the, the grindier <laughs> version probably can't get anything done either, but it kills Tronlands. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's the upside. That, that's... that's- there's a lot of things in this set though that try to bl- that blow up Tron lands though. I, I feel this is not that. playable though. No, would, would any like I feel this is a good throwback, but we have Assassin's Trophy. I mean, does the same thing. Uh, does the land matter? Well, you give him a land. Yeah, you give him a land though. It, it does. I think it does matter to actually put him down a land. Although, are we really stone raining and people? One more mana Aren't we just killing oh. Valakits and fields and stuff like that? Are we really hitting their oh. basic land and hoping that is enough? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're playing like <laughs> like a like Mardu Land is there's already Boros land destruction. You like add you black. Into, yeah, go into black, you have this, and it can get rid of your opponent's other stuff too. Like eh, I mean, I don't think you just jam this in every deck, but I think there is an upside to hitting lands because you you have those games sometimes where your opponent like misses their third land drop and you've got Vindicate in hand, you're like, Oh, I I just win this game. Like blow up your second land, like, sorry, buddy, you should have mulligan more and I gotcha. <laughs> but I feel like you will lose more games because you have three mana sorcery speed removal <laughs> that you needed to but, kill, like that blighted agent on turn one or turn we, two. We don't talk the, about, we I don't mana talk about screwed those you games. out of the game games. <laughs> 
Yeah, we omit we don't the, talk the, about we, we omit those. those. <laughs> those we we cut those out of the YouTube videos. We don't see those. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, last card. Damn. Black, black. Sorcery. Destroy target creature. A creature destroyed this way cannot be regenerated. Overload to white, white. This split has card to be... wrath here. <laughs> yeah, like this. This has to be one of the coolest and like most well designed board wipes, right? I mean, it's it's it gets around the issue of. Well, I mean, it doesn't exile and it doesn't get around indestructible, but it does. Like sometimes you know you're like, hey, I wish this four mana board wipe was cheaper, and I because I only really need to deal with one problematic creature. And and the, it doesn't look like much, but the like the flexibility of this card is what makes this card amazing to me. It can be spot removal. It can be a board wipe. It doesn't hit planeswalkers, but that's fine. Yeah, I mean this is this is one of my favorite designs from the set. Like it's a cool reference to Damnation of Wrath of God. It's a powerful card. I heard someone compare it to Cyclonic Rift, not in power level, but with what you were saying, Krim. How you, sometimes you want to wrath the board, but other times you need to kill one thing and you're not up to four mana. This is uh, offering the flexibility to do both of them. I think if you're in the colors, I would play this over Wrath of God like 100% of the time. Like, why would you Why would you not? If you're playing Wrath of God or Day of Judgment and you have black mana in your deck too, uh, this is just strictly better, right? Yeah. I don't understand why Wizards keeps powering up removal. Like, nobody plays creatures in modern. Like, this, like why? <laughs> like, we, this ensures you could never play, like, a legitimate creature, right? Like, every creature has to be hyper-efficient and, like, kill you in one shot because... You can't just put like three dirtles on the board and hope it's good enough because you're going to get swept away. And now the the downside of Wraths was like, oh, you drew too many Wraths and I have like two turns to kill you before you can actually Wrath. This is like, nah, I'll just cast it for two mana. Cool. I'll remove your board, thin it out. I have all the options in the world. Like the creatures are already dead. I don't understand. Like nobody attacks with creatures in modern anymore. They're combo pieces or... Uh, like one shot kills. Like I don't know why they keep printing such hyper efficient wraths and removals for they this. Medicaid. They were worried about squirrels, Richard. Yeah. Squirrels. <laughs> that there's so many squirrels coming out and going wide that they had to make sure they would uh, would keep the squirrels in check. The black the cost of black black though is real. Like that is very real. Uh, yeah. Like uh, so, I mean, there it, it is a a powerful spell, but because it's also going to be black black that can be a little taxing on some mana bases. Yeah, I think it's a safety valve, right? Like, I don't think most decks would play this, right? But if the meta ever shifts in such a way that you need Wraths, then you would start playing this card, but... But, I mean, this is... When it comes to deck building, I you would normally... Like, so let's say if this were, were my deck and I'm building a control deck, I normally would be like, all right, this is my spot removal slot and this is my sweeper slot. In modern, you don't need to run as many sweepers, right? You see maybe, yeah. like, one verdict, two verdicts. But... Because this can be counted as a spot removal. I'm actually a Would you I, replace I would Verdict say, in Esper with Dam? I'd play like four, yeah. Because now I have the option of having either spot removal or four board wipes. So in the as opposed to boarding into more sweepers, I've already got them in the main. Because they perfect because like you kind of like account for it as a spot removal slot and a sweeper slot, so they can kind of share the load there when it comes to main deck. Uh, the the good old Esper curve where you you need double black for dam, <laughs> double white to overload it, and then triple blue to cryptic. <laughs> good old modern mana base yep. here. <laughs> you can do whatever in modern, okay? Like <laughs> the thing is, it's modern. You really can. 
I mean, and soon we'll have counter spells, so you'll need double blue. Yeah, you <laughs> you need double blue to counter it. But if if they play something that doesn't have an ETB, then you use your double black to damn it away. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, look, look. It's it sounds like a meme, but but watery grave stock is just well climbing up every day. <laughs> the the best thing about ignoble hierarch is you can turn two blood moon. <laughs> it, yeah, it like it was like. Blood Moon is a legit strategy in Jund, but like, how are you gonna cast like Liliana's? It's like very difficult. But with Ignoble Hierarch, you can actually Blood Moon and keep your mana uh, in good shape to like play the rest of your hand out. So that that could be. Uh, so I think that's all the time we have for previews. We missed a lot of good cards. There's just too many good cards. Wizards went kind of all out. Uh, all the cards are extremely playable in either modern. They look playable in modern or commander. So. Yeah, check out MDG previews for the rest of the cards if you if you want to look. And uh, I guess we have time for a fishmail question. So if you have questions, send them to at mtggoldfish with the hashtag mtgfishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. So uh, we'll keep in the spirit of Modern Horizons from the only way, or at only way, uh, which card is going to be the Hogak of MH2? <laughs> Ooh. Hmm. So what is essentially going to get banned first? And insanely broken I don't see, along the way. <laughs> so uh, I I don't see an obvious Hogak from the set. I would, I guess, go with Grief. Like, I still think that might be the card that is most likely to be problematic and be banned. But I don't know. I guess I didn't see Hogak coming either. And it kind of slipped through spoiler season and then broke everything. So maybe something super broken that I, I haven't picked up on. But I think I would go with Grief. Ah, uh, I don't even know. I, I want to just say Braids, but I, I don't think Braids is the problem anymore. So like, like yeah, like it, there's nothing that really jumps out at me. If, if anything, it's going to be a whole cycle of cards which would be the free spells but ugh, those don't seem that bad i don't know i can't really pick one I, they, no, nothing stands out to me as the immediate go-to for banning i think it's void walker i i i feel like i'm insane no one <laughs> my opinion is different for everyone but i feel like it kills entire archetypes can you imagine playing Tron against a Voidwalker? Like, you have no interaction for this, right? You're just going to give him a Karn. You're going to give him an Ulamog. Like, cool, right? Like, I, I feel this card, its floor is so high, and it can be so broken against the right opponents. I, I feel this is uh, going to be problematic. I feel like you can't play these decks that are just trying to put power out like giant bombs because you have to interact with Voidwalker to do it. And a lot of those decks you, aren't set you, up for that. You can add oh, blue. Poor Tron. Poor Tron. That is the fairest deck, okay? Where you three mana seven drop is the fairest deck we have in modern. <laughs> I, 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 will never, I will never feel bad for Tron. So if <laughs> Tron is either. losing, I'm just like, oh, I'm so sorry, I, I need to splice this with our commentary from like months ago where we're lamenting about Tron. And we're like, oh, come on, Tron, come back. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I think oh. it, it, it validates entire archetypes. Uh, so I, I don't know. We'll see. The shadow card, Dothy Voidwalker. You can't play Tron really against it. Tron is gone, I, right? I, I, I mean, is it's not gone? Come on, like okay, like <laughs> Tron's on the play. <laughs> you do this, they actually just play Karn, right? 
Then you get rid of their their, their first card with your real thoughtsies, and then you wait till they draw. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, they just because. The Karns are never in their hand. Don't you know this, Richard? If you played against the, Tron. The number one rule of Thoughtseize is the first Thoughtseize always puts the card back on top. So exactly. you'll be able to get it back with the Voidwalker. Then you stack that on top of that it being Tron. Then the follow-up card is like Ugin, always. <laughs> or something along those lines. Uh, yeah, so wait. Did Krim, did you have a broken card? I can't pick one. I, none? I, I guess, You're going with you know, none. You're going with the safe answer. Yeah, none. None. Yeah, like I'm going with none because I don't see anything here being that broken yet. I mean, we aren't fully spoiled. Uh, you, you, I mean, how about this? I'll go with the salt pick. Gaia's will. Because why does green have that? <laughs> why does green? Yeah, and I'll also throw in the green flavor herb ban. Yeah, flavor ban that. Uh, okay, okay. That's what we need in the new BNR, flavor bans. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so that's all the time we have for fish mail this week since we had a ton of previews so be sure to send your questions to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag mtg fish mail and we'll get to your questions on air and i believe that brings us to the end of episode 331 of the mtg goldfish podcast so richard Krim, thanks for hanging out thanks to everyone for listening thanks to card conduit for supporting the show and we will be back next week to talk about the rest of Modern Horizons 2, and whatever else goes on in the world of magic. So, until then, have a great day, everyone, and this is Saku signing out. Bye.